You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey everyone, Danielle here. Just a quick friendly heads up before we get started that we have a community over on Facebook created for women just like you called the Female Biz Journey Insider Group. So you can find that over on Facebook and it'll be down in the show notes here to help you with any extra info, resources, or anything else that the guests or myself want to throw at you. So if that sounds good to you, then head over there and we can talk a little bit more. Now let's get started with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have the lovely Nicole Boyle of Elevenly Studio. She is known on the internet sphere as a virtual assistant specializing in web design and online marketing for passionate entrepreneurs and helping out manage their business to build a better future. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. So the way that I love to begin this show is kind of starting at the beginning of your journey and then ending with the present and future to see where you're going. So if you can tell me a little bit about how you grew up and kind of what led you to wanting to start this profession. Sure. So I, um, when I first started out um, growing up, I was always into kind of the creative aspect of different things. I mean, whether I was a kid doing arts and crafts, um, but then when I started thinking about going to college and that whole avenue, um, I was leaning more towards becoming a lawyer, believe it or not, which is completely separate of anything that I'm doing now. Um, but as I started to go down that path, I didn't have the creative um, aspect that I grew up um, always, always loving. So that things kind of changed along the way. Um, and then after being in the corporate world for a little bit, um, after I graduated, um, as I said, that wasn't the path for me. Um, so in college, I had taken some web design courses here and there just because it was something I was interested in. Um, so that's when I started leaning more into, um, this whole avenue. And then I started taking, I think every single course I could on (laughs) web design, um, and digital marketing, and then started my own business. Cause that's also something I always wanted to do was start my own business. I just back then never knew what it would be. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think it's really interesting to note that a lot of people want to start their own business, but they don't really look out and see that they can literally learn whatever they want to, you know, whether it's skills or whatnot. So I really am, I'm happy you bring that up because I hear over and over people saying they want to kind of change their path or change their careers, but they don't really do anything to actively change it. Exactly. I think it's something a lot of people want to do. Um, And it's just a matter of figuring out what it could be and then coming up with something that you can do that you're passionate about. I guess for me, that was like one of my biggest things is I didn't want to just start a business to start one. I wanted it to be something that I was passionate about. So it didn't feel like work every single day. That was kind of... 
I think that's so true to say. And I, I wonder, was there any type of like light switch moment for you when you just had that moment in your life where you're just like, Hey, it's, I'm ready. I'm ready to start down this journey. Yes. So I was working, um, after deciding kind of to backtrack a little bit, I mentioned that I wanted to go to law school. So I kind of started working at different law firms, which recently led to me working at an insurance company over the past, the year before I started my own business. Um, so just kind of waking up every day and not being excited by what I did, um, or not wanting to go to work or do anything like that is kind of what led me to find something that I was passionate about. So I came across a web design, um, and digital marketing course. And once I took that first course, that's when kind of really fueled me into taking the leap to start something. So I think finding the passion is kind of what started it. That's awesome. And I think it'd be really interesting to hear too, since everyone's journey is a little bit different, especially when it involves other people like their family or friends. So I wonder when you kind of switched um, these kind of transitions in your life, did you have any kind of resistance or like first impressions from friends or family when you told them about this? Um, So when I told the, like my close, closest family, so like my husband and my parents, they were all for it, um, but they just wanted to make sure that I it was something that actually could become something. So that's kind of where their hesitation towards it was. Yeah. And then when I told friends, they didn't fully understand it. So they kind of just thought this was something that kind of some crazy idea that <laughs> nothing was really going to come of. Um, so that's kind of how that worked. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's great to note, too, is even for myself, as uh, you'll probably hear in the first episode of this, I went to college, I did the normal thing, got the bachelor's and that kind of stuff. And then I realized that it's just, it's not what I wanted. And I think it's great for you to say, because a lot of your friends around you, they never take that leap or they never allow them, like allow themselves to. So when they hear you say it, or when they hear the people say they're actually going to go for what they want, it's really hard for them to like truly understand it. Exactly. Because I think we, with the way we grow up, you're always told that you're going to um, go to school and then you're going to get a job working for somebody else. And it's going to be in an office setting nine to five. Um, So it's kind of different when somebody strays away from that. And it can kind of be thought of as, do they just not want to work? You know what I mean? That was kind of the hesitation that some of my friends had when that truly wasn't it. I just wanted to find something I was passionate about and loved what I did. Yeah, it's really great that you say that too, because I think they they think that we don't have a lot of passion or drive, but instead we actually have so much passion and drive that we're going for this. Exactly. And it's a lot more, which I'm, we might touch on later, yes. but <laughs> starting, starting your own business, it's more, I'm finding more time I'm spending on it than my typical nine to five that I was doing. Um, so it's definitely not less work or anything like that for sure. Oh, it's so so true. And I think that's a really great point that you bring up is that people expect, you know, that's why I created this podcast is because you see those like Instagram stories or pictures of people who are doing the laptop lifestyle near a beach and that kind of stuff, which you can totally do. However, you have to put in the work. It's not just, um, at a beach all day sipping mimosas, although we'd love that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of times that I'm wearing yoga pants and no makeup is the true reality. 
that has yes that has become my new every day it feels like lately because yeah there's so many things I want to be doing I want to just jump into the work and yeah it's totally different yeah totally it's, different it's that's a very good thing to note too is that I wonder when you kind of started down this journey as it's it's a total 180 I think that people don't really understand from what anyone else does being an entrepreneur own your own business is a complete 180 not only like externally but also internally so I wondered did you ever have any kind of like internal struggle with like limiting beliefs mindset any kind of like imposter syndromes anything that kind of was hard for you to overcome in the beginning yes so one of the things for sure was that imposter syndrome um where it was something new that I was getting into was kind of getting past and having the confidence to um, kind of share this with my friends and family as well as with finding clients. So I definitely struggled with that in the beginning. Um, I remember when I was sharing my website on Facebook for the first time and kind of sharing with friends and family and people that I haven't talked to in years, kind of what I was doing, how nervous I was to push the post button. Because to me, it was so vulnerable um, to kind of express and show what I was willing to try. Cause at that time I didn't know what would come of it. Um, so kind of having the confidence was something that I struggled with definitely in the beginning. And then still now, I think it's something most people struggle with at some point. That's actually, you answered my second question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you because I think that it's, I mean, imposter syndrome's super apparent in the beginning, but I think that people think it's going to go away, you know, automatically or over time. But I think that it needs to be said that whenever you start your new business until you become confident internally, not even externally, not even about the clients or whatnot, but if you don't feel internally like you've got this, it can be really hard to shake. Exactly. I completely agree with that. For so sure. I wonder, did you do anything to kind of help overcome that? Or is that usually through just kind of like getting more clients and kind of feeling more into your own realm? I think it would be the second part that you just said. It was kind of going through the process. I mean, I think it's the whole process of starting your own business or starting a new journey. Um, so I remember in the beginning, I would be going on um, different discovery calls with clients. And it felt like in the beginning, it was a lot more no's than yeses. And I remember letting that get to me. But then I just made myself after each time, sit back and kind of see what it was, if that makes sense. Um, and then I would realize it was maybe a different service that they were looking for. Um, so taking that time to just stop and think about a situation kind of helped me realize maybe it wasn't so much what I was doing, which kind of helped build that confidence. Um, that's kind of one of the things I actively did. Yes, I love that. I think especially for discovery calls when you're in the beginning, it can be really scary for people to talk, you know, to a stranger or to their potential um, clients. And it's really easy to get caught up in your head and rejections, like you said. It's not that you want to expect them, but, you know, it's probably going to happen. And you kind of have to find your own way of dealing with it and not in like a negative way but more of just understanding you know not everyone's your cup of tea and vice versa exactly and I think why it's awesome to get yeses obviously that's how we all <laughs> live you know what I mean I think you can learn a lot from the nose like I said whether it's maybe just that the services didn't match up for what they were looking for 
or in the beginning, I remember the way I handled a discovery call was completely different than I handle it now. Um, and you couldn't change that or learn it without hearing the no. So I think putting yourself out there and being willing to experience the no or to kind of feel to fail um, is what makes you learn kind of about yourself and the business and how you want to do things. Yes, I completely agree. I think that with any kind of interactions through clients or any really social interaction, it really helps you see what are your responses to it? What are your phrases? What do you kind of, what are your natural tendencies to do? And you can kind of go from there. Exactly. So I think would be really interesting since you've been in this for a while and kind of have um, slowly evolved your business. I wonder what would you tell yourself just starting out? Like, what's one thing that you would say? Um, So if I was to, let's see. So my biggest thing would be to each day just do one thing that gets you towards that goal. Because this is a journey that you're not going to get um, reach in just a month or a certain time frame. So if you have a goal in mind, then just each day take a step towards it. And then eventually you'll get there, but then you'll realize things change along the way and your goal just became much more. Um, So it's just a constant journey. So each day just kind of do something that gets you there. I'm so happy you brought that up because that's actually one of the things I say in my first episode where, you know, the life doesn't end after you write the book. It doesn't end after you have the coaching program. Like it doesn't end and people, Mm -hmm. they go towards the goal and then they either go halfway or they achieve it, but they don't have anything afterwards or they don't see, you know, the long-term part. And I think that's really what gets people caught up or gets kind of down at the end because, for example, I know people who've had book deals and, you know, their life changes, but they don't change with it and they don't Mm -hmm. change their goals with it. And I think that's great for you to say because people, they have goals, they'll write them down, they'll put them in front of them, but they never really commit to it, like fully commit to it. Exactly. I think that's exactly kind of being willing to, yes, commit. And then if things change and you realize that you like focusing on one thing more than the other, allowing yourself to do so versus saying, nope, this was my goal and that's the only goal I can achieve. But being willing to adapt as you learn things about yourself and the process along the way. Yes, I think it was interesting to say, uh, I think it was a while ago, and you'll know this as a web designer, so I I was doing my rebrand for my own uh, launch, and I created a fully custom WordPress website in five days, which, oh. if you know, you know, <laughs> that's basically insane, and I barely slept, and one of the reasons why I bring this up is because I think people really underestimate the what goes into web design or kind of what what that realm entails because it's kind of the mixture of creative and tech side and mm-hmm. I've seen your work I love your work and I think, oh, think. <laughs> one of the things that'd be interesting for the audience is with the clients that you've had is there any kind of commonality between like one of the two most common uh, challenges you see your clients have with web design or kind of like before you help them out if there's something that's common that always kind of pops up yes so one of the big things I'm kind of learning now is especially outside of the creative industry. Um, Some business owners or certain professions, they don't understand necessarily the importance of having a website and what it can do for their business. Um, And then kind of the 
the whole process. Um, so really explaining it to somebody how it can be. My biggest thing lately is how a website can be a tool to get more clients, but also a tool to make your business more efficient. Um, so kind of showing this and really just teaching others the importance behind it um, and how it can help them. Yes, I think that's really interesting you say that because people, for example, I have a couple of clients locally who have brick and mortar stores. They're really good sales people and they have mm-hmm. good personal person to reaction. No tech, no tech idea. So <laughs> when I told them about, I looked at their website and their website doesn't even have the domain <laughs> registered anymore. Like it's not there. <laughs> and right. they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. So I, I'm great you brought, I'm really grateful you brought that up because it's true, a lot of people who aren't in the online world that often don't really see the true value of what comes from uh, web design or email marketing platform, anything like that. Exactly, and in which they're focused on their passion. So I think by working with somebody that can take care of that for them and kind of show them what can be done is definitely helpful. Like you mentioned, email marketing, a lot of um, small businesses outside of the creative industry don't understand that that's something they can even use to help them. Um, so I think just a matter of kind of teaching others and just all working together. Yes, I completely agree. And because you are a fellow web designer, I want to bring this up because I hear it everywhere. So the, <laughs> the endless debate between Squarespace and WordPress, what are your thoughts? So mine, I definitely always lean towards Squarespace more, but I always, when I start working with somebody, try to figure out their business. So kind of the scale of their business, their hopes and dreams for their business. So I ask them what they're doing now, but then also what they want to make it. Um, Because I think that can kind of be the difference between Squarespace and WordPress. Um, We all know the back end of WordPress can be um, sometimes not as user-friendly for somebody that's not in the tech side of things. Um, So I just take that kind of stance with my clients and just see kind of what they're looking to become. Um, And if they're looking for that, like an easy way to make updates to their sites after we design a custom website, then I definitely lean towards Squarespace. And if it fits their business and their goals for their business, I always tend to lean towards Squarespace more for sure, (laughs) depending. I'm really happy you brought that up because I know I love talking about this with other people because everyone has their own um, their own view on it. But you and I are very similar in the sense of I try not to give my opinion about which one works until I hear what their goals are for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you really can't tell them straight up whether Squarespace or WordPress is right for them if you don't have any idea on where they want to go with it. Exactly. I mean, there's some businesses that right now maybe they're not selling a product, but down the line, they're looking to sell, you know what I mean, open up an online store as part of their business. And without asking them and finding that out, I might suggest Squarespace when after the fact, maybe it's more of Shopify or a different platform that will help their long-term goals. Yes, I completely agree. And now that there's web design, I want to kind of move a little bit into the online marketing aspect because people really need to hear this (laughs) so badly (laughs) is you focus or you started your 
one of your businesses services was on Pinterest marketing and people or management. People don't understand how truly important this is. And I wanted to kind of ask you, why did you choose to focus on Pinterest? What has been your experience with it and kind of everything in between? Yeah. So Pinterest is definitely one of my favorite platforms or ways for clients to increase traffic to their website um, or their blog. And I think oftentimes people often associate Pinterest with only coming up with different arts and crafts projects or looking for different outfits or vacation places. Um, and they don't see the benefit or really truly what Pinterest is, which is it's similar to Google in a sense is that it's a search engine. Um, so I've been trying to actually reach out to more businesses and people that I know to explain the benefit of Pinterest and what it can do for a business and how it's more than just those industries that I mentioned before. I mean, there's law firms and realtors and hair salons and um, say event rental companies all on Pinterest. Um, and when you use it correctly, it can just be so powerful. Yes, I, I think that's such a great point is that people think that Pinterest is only for the visually appealing pictures rather than yeah. it can be for any business. It definitely can. And kind of a simple thing is people go to Pinterest to look for so much and different statistics show that when they're going to Pinterest, chances are they're they're looking to make an actionable um, buy. So they're looking to buy something um, when they go to Pinterest. And another benefit, which isn't so much touched upon, is that have you ever searched for anything on Google and then some of the results are Pinterest searches. Uh, I don't know if you have, but I yes. know I've kind of gone over this with people. Um, and you might be searching Google for, um, I'm trying to think of like a topic, but say top, we'll do top vacation spots. And the first one is Pinterest and it brings you up that search on Pinterest. So if clients aren't on there, then it's just one less way that people can't find them or it's makes it one more way people can find them, which is the better way. <laughs> yes, I think that's true because it's not fully saturated yet. For example, like, you know, with mm -hmm. Instagram, especially or Facebook, it's even harder to kind of get your name and voice out there. But with Pinterest, it's not uh, it's not fully utilized yet by everyone. So you still have exactly. the power to really make a difference with it. Exactly. For sure. So I wonder too then for the audience for our audience is there one or two tips that you can give them just starting out on how they can kind of help their Pinterest now? Yes. So the biggest or the two biggest things is because it's like a search engine is to optimize your profile and that is um, in the bio. So in your um, business description, using keywords there, um, in your boards, using keywords in your board titles. Um, and then also when you post pins of your own content in the pin descriptions, optimizing those with keywords. Um, and then the other tip would be to make sure everything's on brand. Um, so one of the things that I do when I first started working with or when I first start working with a client is making sure all the boards and pins are on brand. So say you're a flower company and you're on Pinterest um, posting things that people specific for your industry are going to be looking for. So posting maybe different flower arrangements or 
centerpieces for a wedding versus having also home decor in there um, or top vacation spots because you find those interesting. So you want to always make sure it's on brand so you can become the go-to for your topic. Yes, I think the branding part is a really key point in it. The script, the keywords are definitely because uh, any kind of search search engine needs that. But I think that branding is really undervalued. And mm-hmm. I now actually transitions really great because I wanted to ask you for those who don't know that you created your name for Elevenly because you give eleven dollars back to a charity with each package that gets bought for your services and I kind of want to see what was your process in creating your brand from the name choice to the amount and charity and all that kind of in between sure so for the charity portion um, I mentioned earlier that I've always wanted to start my own business and one of the things I never knew what the business would be but I knew when I did start it I always wanted to give back Um, so I wanted to find a way to when I made a purchase or got a new client um, to give back. So that's kind of where that came from. Um, And then the 11 leap portion and the branding behind that is I was born on 11, 11. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yes. (laughs) So I've always been kind of a little obsessed with the number 11. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I always take things. I'm one of those people that, kind of sees it like with numbers sees it as different signs um and takes it as that um so when I was coming up with a business name I knew I wanted it to be something different and creative um and then the weekend I was actually brainstorming a business name my husband and I were in Washington DC on a like a little trip and I felt like everywhere I looked it was the number 11 and I was kind of going back and forth with between like a few different names. And that's kind of where I came up with that. Um, and then added the L-Y just so it was different than just, say, oh. Studio 11 or. I love that. And it's a lot more feminine, too. So it, it feels better for your um, for what you're going for. Exactly. So it definitely fit that whole branding, like you mentioned, um, and what I was going for, for sure. I absolutely love that you're born on 11-11 because I, <laughs> I do the same thing. I'll see 11-11 some, like, on my computer or time, and I'm just like, okay, what did I see? What's around me? What, <laughs> like, what's going on that I need to look at? So I love that. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It was something, yep, I always grew up doing, so it just seems so perfect. <laughs> that is, I love that story so much. And now that we're kind of moving into the present, I wondered, is there any one or two tools or lesser-known tools that you use consistently that's helped you with your business? Um, yeah, so there's quite a few and it's one of the things that I'm always kind of looking for. But one of the things I came across recently, which has been so helpful for me, um, and not everyone uses it's something it's boomerang for Gmail. It's something so simple. Um, it connects to your Gmail account. Um, but as you mentioned, with owning your own business, we're working all different hours of the day. Um, so how boomerang, boomerang works is you can type up emails and then set them to be um, emailed to someone at a certain time. So if I'm working, which it feels like lately some nights at 2 a.m. because why would I sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm typing up emails and I send them to the client, say, for like 9 o'clock their time the next day, depending on where they are. So it definitely helps with different time zones and things like that. Um, so it's kind of one of the smaller tools I use. Um, 
that's been helpful, especially with the balance of managing time and everything. Yes, I love that. I think that people really underestimate the automation part because Mm -hmm. it can really help out for those who are solo, like solo entrepreneurs or anything that have kind of a smaller business. It can greatly help out. Definitely. Because before I was maybe writing the email up, saving it as a draft, and then having to add my to my to do list for the next day, send that email. Yes. (laughs) So little things like that can just all be taken care of before and finding those little solutions definitely helps. I love that. And now that we're kind of in the present going to the future, is there anything that you're currently working on or going to have come out that you want to give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for? Yeah, so I'm actually going to be going um, through a little change as I offer different services. I mean, as we mentioned, there's something we're always working on. Um, So I'm coming up with different things. So Um, As I mentioned, websites can be more of a tool for businesses as well as a way to get clients. So developing a service that kind of goes into that a little more. um, So I can explain that a little better. Um, So one client I just worked on, we created an online portal. So I, after talking with her, it was supposed to just be a website website. But now we learned that if she has this online portal for her employees, it's a way to make things easier for their business behind the scenes. Um, So I kind of want to do this more with more clients is finding things that we can incorporate on their website to make their business more um, efficient for them so they can focus on what they love doing. Yes, I saw that. I think you did an Instagram story on it. And I think I was going to comment and say that's amazing because I <laughs> I really like that part. And it's true. Everything can be really customized for the client and kind of what they're wanting to go for later on. Yeah, for sure. So that's one of the things I'm working on. And then a few other ideas that we'll see <laughs> they come up over the next few months. Yes. Well, if any of you guys want to check her out, she is at elevenlystudio.com. And then for Instagram and all the other socials, it's elevenlystudio. So check her out. She is awesome. And there you have it, folks. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.
Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.